Good afternoon, Dan. You know what? Can I uh, get this thing closer to us? Yes, sure can. Oh, well, actually. Oh, I got your email about the, the letter for Hayden. Um, you know, I just forwarded it. I just forwarded Matthew's email to Tim. That would be great. Um, All right. I asked Matthew to get a hold of uh, admin to schedule his time. Um, I, I didn't think there'd be enough time Monday or Tuesday this week, but I figured we could get their support out, let him present at a later date, and and ratify. We'll check time. We may have time just because we're kind of after we get through today, we're a little gap on the budget. Okay. Stuff a little bit, but um, good. I yeah, totally like that. missed that two weeks ago when it came in. I, well, I, I, I sent him an email. I said, well, you probably asked me to schedule that. And I said, if you did, I'd drop the ball. Well, I, I think it probably went to both of us. Gotcha. I, I saw something on it, but, or it went to the entire B, um, BCC. BCC. Yeah. yeah. Who's this? Oh, uh, Matthew from Hayden was asking us if we could uh, provide him with a letter of support. Oh. And uh, then he, he wanted to present and uh, he said, and I haven't heard anything back. And then I was like, I bet you asked me to schedule that. And then if he did, I dropped the ball. <laughs> well, he should talk to her. Well, that's what I, I said. Get a hold of Jennifer, you know. The day he sent it, I think you were probably out cold getting cut open. Ah, that <laughs> could just be. Just actually come up with a, That's a legitimate excuse. That is a legitimate yeah. excuse. Because yeah. I'm going to tell you, I honestly didn't remember the email. No, he sent it a week or two ago. So okay. it's either when you were um, at, at home getting ready for surgery. Right. Or you were or, gotcha. Probably on opioids, you know, just all whacked out. Okay, Dan, what have you got for us today? Okay, I'd like to start out with this graph. This is uh, new to uh, Tim Redmond and to Jay. Um, and this is basically giving us a big picture look at our committed reserves for governmental activities. So what this incorporates, these graphs, I'll go into the detail of the graph a little bit, but it's basically including all of the uh, requests by the various different departments and then um, has a, uh, an amount for compensation uh, nothing for health insurance. We have the dental in there, the retirement. We have an idea for short-term disability, cap insurance, and a few other sheriff and a few other things. We do not have ARPA in this thing yet. So that would be most likely, I don't know whether how that's going to work out, if we'll have something in, in time to put into the 22 uh, budget for ARPA. But right now, this, this budget doesn't include that. And so what you're seeing in this graph is this is our committed reserves. This is a general fund, this yellow line right here. And so We've basically, you know, we're looking out uh, 20 years into the future, and this, this includes the general fund, the E911 communications, Department of Human Service, and then the health insurance pool included in that. So it's kind of like, you know, it's a pretty flat line. It should be. It's consistent. we got, a, you know, the 10% committed reserve. That's where basically we're trying to make sure that there's 10% of the expenditures set aside in any given year. And that's what that represents for the general fund. And then basically E911, it also it includes the communications fund and Again, Department of Human Services and Health Insurance Pool. And then we have this blue line here, and that represents our pools, which includes the E911 communications pool, the equipment pool, heavy equipment, that's road and bridge, the facility management pool, uh, building plant, that kind of thing, IT pool, and motor pool. And you can see we're, we're doing well there. We funded that. 
And then also we have road and bridge. This is a red line, and this is um, looking at how you know what you know what what's going to take place out in the future as far as our reserves there. And this is starting to you know mimic again what we had. We, we just do it went through is where we went through quite of a uh, steep um, kind of downturn as far as our reserve going down to this five million dollars. But here it's building back up again. And then shortly into the future out here past said it's going to drop again because we were about 15 million when we when we were at our peak for the reserve and this is just basically planning for the future um, uh, replacement of those assets that are in road and bridge given the estimated lives that we have. Um, so included in this, first of all questions is there questions on this graph since you know two of you haven't seen this too much. I, I would just Dan make, make a quick comment. Uh, I mean, this graph under some past scenarios, we had to do some tweaking to uh, keep some of those numbers from dipping below zero or, uh, or I mean, it, I guess put another way, this graph is looking pretty good to me. It's looking very good. <laughs> and we have, and I'll go through the revenues. That's the other part of this. And, you know, I think we've, we've uh, we were, uh, very realistic, I think, in 2021 with our projections, as far as, you know, we only have about four months to go, if, if that many months with some of the projections. And then we were, and then I think we've toned them down, toned down the revenue projections and going into 2022 and forward significantly. So, um, you know, given this is a pandemic, we're still dealing with something that we may not necessarily know. I think the numbers, when we go through the revenues, are, I think, um, hopefully you're going to think that, you know, we've we've made a pretty conservative choice on our revenues and what have you out there. So, but yes, there is in, in the past, you know, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say, if we had the ability to look at this graph going back to say 2018, some of these, uh, some of these numbers, some of these lines would be dipping down much lower than what we're seeing here in front of us today. Yeah, do you wanna look at that right now? I think for perspective, I think it might be helpful if you can do that without too much brain damage. And while you're doing that, I'm looking at the blue line, the equipment pool, and that's the only one that seems to trend down into the future. Is, is, is that comfortable? I think that has, it's kind of, if you push it on out, to the right, I think you'd start to see some recovery. Okay. Theoretically, but Dan can better answer that. Are you still with us, Dan? Because if you're talking, we're not hearing you. Okay, how's that? Somehow I'm um, so we got, so what we look at here, okay, some of these, some of the, like some of our pools, when I, when we look at that, we'll actually drop down the fund balance to like zero, because that gives us, um, you know, trying to not, not, you know, not accumulate money more than we have to and still have it available for the replacement. And so these are, that's just representing that, but it gives us, you know, virtually, you know, what do you want to call this, like 15 years to, you know, as we get closer to uh, our current year, we can start moving those balances up so we have a sufficient amount of uh, reserve that's out there. And then it's also that, you know, if there is, there is, you know, things that go awry, there's, a, you know, equipment gets more expensive or something like that, that gives us a time to actually work on those balances and stuff like that. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too concerned right now, given the assumptions that we've got with our, you know, our costs and what our revenues are, 
um, you know, I, I, it's a it's a reasonable estimate what we're looking at as far as those reserves in the equipment pool. Okay, thank you. And again, I do recall in the past seeing that line touched down at zero. Okay. Let's see here. Um, okay, here is 20. Let me, let me stop sharing on that one and I'm gonna start sharing on another one here. So you can kind of look at 2018. So can you see that now? This is 2018's graph. So we still have some of the, we're still seeing more of a dip down here. We're more in this flat spot right here. And then this is building up again. And then we're gonna have here's 37, 38. We got that low point here and then coming back up again. So it, it's, you know, it's kind of tracking. To a certain extent, and that, and then if I was even go back, you know, further like 2011 or something like that, this balance for road and bridge would be up here around 15 million or so, kind of similar to what we were looking before. It's just history repeating itself with some of our replacement cycles and that kind of thing. I, I can I can kind of see the pattern. Yeah, it kind of looks like uh, COVID 19 surges. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hope not. <laughs> that was a little different. <laughs> Yeah, but we are seeing, you know, like when we look at the revenues, you're going to see something that's, uh, you know, we, I definitely have toned the revenues down to, you know, a certain extent. So, because I, I really, you know, if I, you know, I'm still not certain what a pandemic still is going to do for us and stuff like that. But, you know, I think we're still, you know, we're looking really uh, pretty, pretty dang good with our, what our uh, reserve balances are going into the future. Let me go back to um, uh, where we were. Okay. Yeah, so for some context, I've been looking at these graphs since 2013, and this is the same exact presentation that I've seen every year. Gotcha. And that tool, that graph that Dan uses, as we make decisions uh, on adding or removing things, he will have a real-time reflection of what that does to these graphs. As it goes out into the future. Is that, that's correct, right, Dan? Yeah, yeah. Like if we added FTEs or took FTEs out or something like that, it, you know, that, that it would show like what where that balance would go and stuff like that. Because it basically how it's fit, you know, how we establish these reserves is first we look at the, as you know, um, basically the uh, Department of Human Services, we set that budget. Then we go to E911 Communications, we set that. And then it's a, basically between the General Fund and Road and Bridge. To, to balance those two budgets out there. And then it, it starts swapping between the two. So if we take something out right now, how this works is it, it, it dumps into um, the road and, road and bridge fund if we were to cut something or it takes out of the road and bridge fund. But we've got, you know, when we're looking at this, you know, even out here in 2030, we've got about three and a half million, which is a nice balance for, you know, 30 years out in the future. And then even in, um, you know, two years out in the future, which, you know, there is some concern about like oil prices and stuff like that. What <clears throat> what may happen with um, our asphalt costs or chipping seal costs, that kind of thing. You know, like in the last, um, you know, when we had uh, basically really high oil prices and stuff like that, you know, they, the, the asphalt price didn't go up nearly as much as like the fuel price because it's still dredging or, you know, the distilling process is taking that asphalt or that, that product out of the bottom of the distilling process. You're always going to get some of that. And it just depends maybe on, on how much stimulus there comes in, in this next infrastructure bill and that kind of thing and how much money is going to be put into that. So we still got some, you know, we got a, you know, I would say we got a pretty nice cushion right here, you know, going two years into the future. And plus, when we look at our revenue estimates, I think there's even more 
you know, that we could look at there. So um, questions. No, I think it'll, uh, I think you've described it pretty well. Yes. <clears throat> and it'll be interesting uh, at some point, I hope we have the opportunity to change some numbers. So, well, I'm, uh, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to do that with our revenues and so, so you can see what it really does out here. It's kind of interesting because, you know, even with our sales tax number, you know, I'm looking at something like 15% growth, which over, you know, we were basically at a 2019 number. Um, and so that may be, you know, like uh, 5% a year from 2011 to 2020, we, we experienced like a 7% growth, but right now, you know, if we took out from March to August, we're like at a 50% growth. And if we're, um, uh, you know, like in, in for the year, we're at 33. So if I was just, okay, so this number right down here, that's the 18th, you know, that's basically um, the, if I take out the, if I subtract 33% increase from the 15% I've got in this, these numbers right now, and if I were to just dump that in here, even though that's a different line item, I'm just going to put in like if we, if we have a, if we truly think there's going to be like 33% for every year out there, um, so you're going to see what that did. I mean, it just shot this. I mean, we got almost like a 45 degree angle on that revenue. If that really comes to be a true story at the 33% out there, so that's that's a little bit of flavor. What the, you know how this graph works and that kind of thing. But on a pretty big scale, when you got this, this would be meaning that we have additional, like one, almost $1.3 million in sales tax a year. That would, that's why these numbers are going up like they are right here, because it's being dumped in the River Bridge Fund. But that doesn't mean that we can't um, still, you know, use it for something else. It just happens, that's how the model works right now. And we could take it out for whatever capital projects or something or whatever people, whatever it happens to be out there. It's just that this is how that works right now. So... Is that, does that give you a little flavor of how that how this thing could potentially be impacted by what we're looking at with sales tax? Not that we're going to make that assumption. We're not, but it could be. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're right there right now. And, and like I said, we're like, if I take from February through August, you know, we're at a 50% increase in sales tax. I don't know whether or not that's going to hold into the future, but there's some flavor there. Let's put it that way. On the other hand, I, I had to admit, I was really disappointed that we only had, what, an 18% increase in August? Oh, no, we had 39%. Well, sure. I, hmm? I must have looked at it wrong. I, for some reason, I thought it was only 18%. So here, let me, well, that's a good place to go. How about we go, how about we start looking at revenues a little bit here? How's that? And I'll, we'll look at some of that. Let me stop my... Let's see, I gotta stop share and then I'll go back over to this other one. Okay, should have some a green and a tan looking color out there. That look right? Yes. Major governmental activities revenue forecast? Yes. Yep, okay. Let me go, since we're talking sales tax, let me get over to sales tax here. Make this a little bigger. So here, okay, here's August. Here's the one we just gave you. 18% uh, actual to actual is what you were looking at. But this is what our budget, excuse me, this is what our budget is. So we actually saw a 39% increase with our budget. And that's what, you know, that's why we built our budget. So, you know, this, that's it's 39% of what we thought we were going to collect. 
out there in, in, in August. And then here's the, <clears throat> yeah, you know, at one point I, I said, you know, there's that 33% minus the 15, that was what, and I came up with that 1,250,000. Here's the 30, well, it's actually 34% right now, but you know, that's what we are year to date, okay, is this 33, 34% on sales tax. And then if I take right here, this group right here, we are at almost 50% from March through August. So that gives you, you know, I think a real good flavor how strong this number is. And right now we're only budgeting at like 15% of a 15% increase. And like I was saying, you know, from 2011 to 2020, we saw about a 7% on average. So that's even higher than, you know, 7% times three years, that'd be 21% increase going to 2022 from 2019. And we're at 15. So I think, you know, that's 5% a year. I think that's pretty, pretty conservative, pretty realistic though at the same time in that we don't know exactly how a pandemic works. So, so hold on, Dan, I, I lost track there for just a second. <clears throat> so for 2022, what are you talking about budgeting for 2022? A 15% increase. Um, from or, uh, 2021 budget or 2021 actual? 2021 budget. Here's that. Here's what we got, right? Can you see that? We're, we're at 8.56,000. 8, 8, and this is what we budgeted in 2021. So we're looking at about a 15% increase right there. And that's where I'm saying that basically that this 21 budget is, or is fundamentally a 2019 budget. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, over three years, that's basically 5% a year for, you know, uh, 20, 20, 20, 21 and 22 is what we're looking at as far as growth in that. So I think that's pretty conservative given that, you know, what we were seeing before 2011 to 2020 is about 7% a year. Okay. Thank you. That make is that is that make, is, okay? Does that make a little better sense what we're looking at? Yeah, yes. that helped. That I, I forgot that we had just budgeted flat for a couple of years. So yeah, we didn't do much. I mean, we didn't know what the pandemic meant. I mean, we, I don't know if we still know what the pandemic means, but um, you know, that's where that's where I you know kind of settled on a number, and I think it's I think it's pretty darn realistic in, until proven otherwise. Let's put it that way. You know, we still have Wayfair. That's going to be out there it could be that um wayfair you know this is attack on tax on internet sales and it boy I'm, I'm thinking that people have changed their buying habits at least for a while they, they like shopping on the internet and maybe they don't you know they're not driving as much to go shop wherever they're going and stuff like that so um and then we got the whole airbnb thing that's uh that's significant either way whether people buy online or or buy locally either way we get the sales tax that's true Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So, well, let me go back to the, um, yeah, that was a pleasant surprise. So yeah. Dan, to say that you're keeping that conservative as you and I talk, just not really knowing how things are going to play out in the next 12 months. Um, yes. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, like I said, it's like, it's amazing that we're seeing these numbers, even with Wayfair and that kind of thing. Um, it, they're very large numbers. I mean, I, in my whole time here, we've never had this kind of an increase. So it's, uh, but like I said, over three years, it doesn't feel that unrealistic to have like say 5% a year, given what we're looking at right now. What, what is the projected total sales tax for 2021? Projected. Yep. 
Just a minute, okay. Twenty one, we're looking at nine point three million. And the reason why I'm looking at that is because we only have uh, basically what four more months to go out there. Basically, you're budgeting for 2022 a million dollars less in sales tax than what we expect to receive in 2021. Yeah, a little more than a million. 1.2. Yeah. 1.2. Yeah. So I agree. I think that that's it would probably be unreasonable or, or risky to expect that our 2022 sales tax would be as strong as 2021. Uh, and, it, uh, and so it's good that we're, we're budgeting a smaller number and it does feel fairly conservative. I mean, there's a chance that 2022 will match 2021. Yes, there is a chance. Well, you know, another thing to consider, you know, if our projections are right for what's going to happen at the airport, where we go from um, basically 100,000 employments to 75,000 employments, those those 75,000 employments that we're looking at, that's a that you know that's a a very it typically typically is a high dollar um, customer coming into Steamboat, and they typically spend more than that kind of thing. So there's there's another flavor that's out there that you know. We'll, we'll see what happens, right? Um, <laughs> that was not planned either, right? I mean, that, you know, we got Southwest in here and then they, they drove down the price. And so we got a bunch of people showing up at the airport, which is huge. Well, again, uh, I think we feel comfortable that you've given a conservative project projection for 2022 sales tax revenue. So I think we're good with that, right? I'm very happy with that. Okay. I, think it's I think it's reasonable. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Okay. Bit of a CYA kind of guy, anyhow. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what we know. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so this first line up here, can you see this pretty good? That's really too close. Yeah. Okay. So this first one, this is our property tax. Okay, and this is this base again. That's the same same numbers like we shot, saw in the general fund out there. So it's you know general fund. Road and Bridge, E911 Communications, and Department of Human Services. Um, so right now, what we're looking at is a, as of uh, September 21st, we're looking at 1.37% for growth. Growth um, basically is uh, new construction divided by the fair market value of all real property in um, Route County. And that number, I was anticipating that number to go quite a bit more, but I think it's going to be lagged a little bit. I think we're going to see quite a bit more growth next year, just because of, of you know when when that time the timing of that growth calculation took took, took place and that kind of thing. And then right now, um, this is what the the inflation number for this is like three point seven one percent, and that is um, you know right now that's the estimate from the. Um, governor's office and then the, the legislative council out there. And they're both at 3.7. Why uh, actually I should get rid of the point one that was from the old, old, old presentation, but um, we're looking both at those numbers at 3.7. And so we have a total of 5.07 um, property tax increase. And that represents the um, this $886,000 that we're looking at here. Now, I think there's a, a, a realistic, very consistent, the real probability that inflation is still going to grow by, you know, this is as of nine, September 30th of 2021. That's when that estimate is. 
And I still think that by the end of the year, we probably might see a, a larger number than 3.7%. So that's something we might want to consider so we don't lose any of the property tax gain that we could for, if, if, you know, if we miss it and we're low on the side, we never get that money back as far as the, how, how TAVER works and that kind of thing. So we might consider, it wouldn't be a lot of an increase. And the downside would be is that we'd have to pay 10% on a, on a penalty. And, and that may not be very much considering what we, you know, what, what we could gain for, for the, all of the future. So in that kind of thing. So we might consider that before we adopt the budget. And yeah. um, why is it that the 2022 budget number of $17.5 million is less than the 2021? Oh, budget? I put them in backwards, didn't I? Ah, shoot. Oh, that's sorry. <laughs> that's my mistake. I got the right numbers. I just cut them in the wrong holes. So okay, that's, got it. I, yeah. <laughs> We're going up eight hundred eighty-six thousand dollars. Yeah, we are. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wrong number. Is your bottom line of thirty point thirty-four point five million dollars? That's going to be that's going to be different. But the the three point nine nine million that's that's a good number. Okay. okay. Very good. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry about that. That's my mistake. Yeah. You're showing that I'm paying attention. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah. Yeah. You are paying attention. That's good. I wasn't. So, questions on property tax. Uh, yeah, just a goofy question. We always have a factor of, of growth, which again is based upon new construction. Is there such a thing as negative growth? Is it even possible? Um, you know, when we, we did, okay, so like in the last recession, there was a possibility that we were going to have, well, there was almost negative growth, but how that was interpreted by the state is they said, bring, take, take the Tabor calculation down to zero and not go negative. So that's, I use that as guidance for us. Okay. So it wouldn't go below zero. And I don't think, um, you know, I don't think we're going to probably have that. Well, you know, there is a lag on our, on our, on our uh, construction and stuff like that as it comes through the assessor's office. That's where I'm getting the numbers to calculate this from. So I think, you know, and then also talking to Todd, I mean, I think there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of construction going on and it's going to go on to next year. And I think we're going to see from talking to Todd, we're going to see quite a bit of, um, commercial construction take place, um, depending on how, you know, inflation works out and stuff like that. But we'll see how that works out. And then, and then my next question, Dan, is that you're using that 3.71% for inflation, which you expect will grow. Is that the same number that you're plugging in for employee compensation increase? Uh, no, I actually, I actually put in a, uh, I actually put in a bigger number than that. Just because I we don't know what we're what we're doing right now. Actually, I put in a ten percent increase for the um, for the um, inflation or market adjustment out there. And right now, I you know that's just a plug is all I'm doing with that ten percent until we actually get a better set of numbers from the uh, salary survey and what have you out there. But at the end of the day, shouldn't those two numbers be the same? Oh, from our salary, our salary, our salary survey versus the three point seven percent. Yes. No, not the salary survey. I'm talking about. Oh, exactly. Typically, if we don't have a salary survey, we took uh, plug in a cost of living adjustment, which is inflation. Yes, that's what we. Yeah, we do, we would do the step, and then we would do this three point seven percent for uh, in, basically cost of living. Because we have a salary survey this year. Um, that's not the methodology we're going to use. You're assuming the salary survey 
is going to show a 10% across the board increase. On average, I, I have no idea. That's what I did, but that's, um, we'll find out. I don't disagree with that. I was just trying to clarify why this is a little different in a year that we have a salary. Right. So I take it normally that would be what they call a CIP number? No, no, uh, uh, COLA. COLA. We would, we would typically, actually, in, when we don't have a salary survey, we just take what we were paying the employees the year before, and we plug in what it costs for the step increases. And then we plug in whatever the inflation number is, whether it comes from the uh, Denver Boulder Index or the right. Legislative Council or the governor's okay. estimate. Dan averages those and it'll typically be 2.5%, 2.8%. And that's what we use to as a factor cost to increase sal uh, employee salaries to keep up with the cost of living. Gotcha. This year we have a salary survey and I, I, I think the idea, I mean, Dan doesn't know what that's gonna mean, but a 10% increase is certainly possible, right? At the maximum. Well, we just, we don't know. We haven't seen the numbers yet. We're any day now. Okay, Dan, that's good. Okay. That explanation. Any, any more questions on property tax? No, just maybe we should think about debursing. Okay, we can look at that in the future. It's interesting, you know, I, I did go back and look at that and, you know, um, it depends on when you start debrucing and, or, or when, uh, yeah, when you start debrucing, it, it, like how, in, you know, if there's an increase in assessed valuation and what have you, because if I go back and I look at, um, you know, when we started out like in, uh, um, let's say like a, uh, one of the voter approved mill levies or something like that, and depending on when we start out, it's kind of like entering into the stock market. If you hit the stock market, say, before 2008 and invested in it, you lost quite a bit of money. But if you invested shortly after, say, in 2011, you made a lot of money. And that's the same. So if I look over a period of time with, um, you know, like if we were to debruce, like we did with, like, say, the purchase of developments rights, um, mill levy or something like that. And we look at what, you know, what we would have collected, basically same percentage increase uh, under under the uh uh, under Tabor, and it actually turned out to be that we're slightly ahead, not a lot, maybe not even quite 1%, but like 1% basically being under Tabor versus um, when we were under uh, basically debrucing de that property tax. And that just depends, like I said, it, it depends on when you enter into the market <laughs> or enter in or debruce versus that and how that works out. Because over time, it hasn't been that much difference, but it is it is critical on when we enter into that. So. We should have debruced last year, is what I'm hearing, right before all these property values skyrocketed. Well, we're going to still see a whole lot of that happen. Um, you know, we only we got about a 10% increase in assessed valuation that we're looking at, and depending on what happens with the um, um, well, the assessed valuation calculation. I mean, we got that pro proposal 120 or yeah, proposal 120 that might mess with us a little bit as far as. Um, um, you know, like this year, our, our voter approved would go up quite a bit because we're looking at 9%. But then if that proposal is passed, that would basically nullify that in the next year and really wouldn't impact us as far as like these base property taxes because we're underneath Tabor out there. We should still, we still have like a 19%. We could see our, our assessed valuation decrease by like 19% before we would um, we see a reduction in uh, base property taxes out there. And that's, uh, so if, if Proposal 120 was to be approved, 
there wouldn't be a um, um, there would be like okay we we could still absorb it with our property tax credit be like that nine percent we'd still have like um, basically a ten percent cushion in there even after Prop 120 was approved if it happens to be approved I don't know what's going to happen there I think there's been some misunderstandings around Prop 120. Uh, I, I think it probably does represent a very real threat to those communities that have debruced, but because yeah. of our, but because of our Tabor credits, it really won't make any difference to us, at least in the short term, right? Yes, it'll it'll impact our voter approved ones, but not, but you know, it'll be kind of like a wash between the two years, at least in Route County. So, All right, thanks. Yeah. Okay. Specific ownership tax um what i'm looking at there we're looking at about a 20 percent increase um we, we're average what i did is i took the average dollar increase between march and august is about one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars per year per month and then i used that same one hundred twenty-five thousand for the remainder of 2021 and all of 2022 and the reason why i did that i talked to uh kim bonner a little bit about this i just wanted to verify what my understanding was of the you know how specific ownership tax works and what's going on is we got a whole lot of new cars that just came into the system and that's where we can collect the specific ownership tax and um and how it works is that as you go into the future you have a you know basically it's kind of like depreciation that car's value is going to uh, decrease over time but we still have i think a very good chunk of basically what i'm thinking is cars are you know we still got this chip idea there seems like there's still a lot of demand out there so I'm thinking for at least a year, we should probably be still good with this about $125,000 a month uh, increase in uh, um, specific ownership tax. Now, a couple of years or like at the or two, let's see, one, two years ago, something like that, you know, we did have, you know, a very large increase in property tax from the city uh, with their fire, with their, with their property tax increase in mill levy out there. And then also with the school district. And then what happened with us there is okay. It's basically specific ownership tax is uh, allocated based on a on a pie, and our portion of the pie decreased because the city's portion increased. And there was there was some large increases by the city and the school district, and then so our portion in that we actually saw about a ten percent increase. But we basically recouped that with all these new car purchases and what have you out there. So I'm thinking this is you know it's um I think it's a pretty conservative number again, just because of what where we are with all these cars that are being purchased and stuff like that. And given that there's still some pent up demand going into 2022 and the remainder of 2021. So. Okay. Question. Yeah. Okay. Sales tax. We talked about sales tax. Any other questions on sales tax? Okay, building use tax, what I did there is um, used uh, basically the uh, 1,591,000 for 20 and 22. Given when I'm talking to Todd, I mean, he feels like there's gonna be as big as, you know, big, big as big or bigger year this year and, or the remainder of this year and going into the next year. And then, um, and basically what we did out in the future, you know, we, we did two pretty pretty big years in uh, 21, 22, but then we dropped it back down to basically our are kind of like a, a lot lower number at $500,000 in 2023 going out into the future. And then any amount greater than the, this is our uh, committed capital reserve, any amount greater than the 235,000 goes to the committed capital reserve um, balance in the general fund. And right now we, we funded the, um, I'll show you that in a little bit, um, but we did fund the HHS building at the 14.1 million and we still have some money left over out there. So 
uh, in the committed capital reserve, given that these these estimates that we have here and the expenses that we have in the budget right now. So, um, questions on building use tax. So to reiterate, in the past we've been always super conservative. Yeah. With use tax number. So in 2022, there's just a little bit of a departure from past practice. You're actually plugging in some of that real money. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, given talking, I, I don't know, given what's going on, what I can see with, um, you know, we're still collecting more than what we, you know, what we uh, basically, even the remainder of this year, we had one more month in here and it's, it, we're collecting more than what we did last year um with use tax i'm sitting i'm feeling like you know until proven otherwise there's i think we're going to have a very strong construction year later this year and, and and going into next year for the rest of next year too so so uh so what is the projection for 2021 for building use tax somewhere near that 1.6 it's a 1.5 yeah here i'll go over there you're using the 2021 projection for 2022 yeah, okay. it's the same number. Here's 21, here's 22. And then this is what we're looking at. We had 500,000 in 21 and we're looking at the 1.5 5, million here. Okay. So, and then what I did is basically, what I did for this to come up this 1.5 million is I took actual from here, basically from this part right here. And then I took um, the remainder of this and that came up with my one 1.495. So it's pretty close. Yeah. yeah so i i'm thinking that the rest of this year is going to we already beat you know this this projection right here we already beat this one month here so we're we're i you know like i said until proven otherwise i think we're going to be pretty good on the remainder of the year questions on building use tax a separate question when uh we building department calculates building use tax. It's based upon the estimated value of the construction that's submitted by the owner. Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. Then uh, do we don't really go back and audit those or do we? We, we don't, we don't ever go back and audit actuals. We, they do do a reasonableness, you know, like when they're looking at this valuation of the building and that kind of thing, based on, you know, like square footage values and stuff like that, how, you know, what the, you know, if it's a higher end building or something like that, but we don't do what the city does and actually audit the sales or the use tax that's, that's being collected. So it's, it, it's likely that we're missing out on some building use tax revenue that uh, should have increased based upon this dramatic increase in the cost of materials because there's buildings being built now where the estimated value was submitted eight, nine, 10 months ago. Well, sure. If they if that if that's how you're looking, absolutely that could be. If they bought materials after we put in the permit, yes. Mm -hmm. So go ahead. Dan, can the um, builder or homeowner request an audit um, yes. first and then ask for a refund if they think they overpaid, correct? Yes, they can. We see that, that doesn't happen very often. Um, you know, that happened, I think, geez, I, I think I'd have to say that probably happened, you know, the whole time I've been here since when we had to put the use tax in in 1988. And I don't even know if we have like got two, hand, you know, 10 of them that took place since we've done that. 
Or I just mentioned there is a mechanism if someone thinks they broke the case. Yeah, it's a one-way street. So yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I thought. You know, and, and a lot of times when at that point, you don't really know what the finishes are going to be on those homes. No, but I mean, I will tell you the flip side of it is uh, it's really an onerous uh, uh, process for the builders and, and the subcontractors. I don't know how much you have, but I used to have to deal with it, actually have to prove up what I actually spent on the job. And back in the day, it was my suspicion, and I think several people agreed with me, that the city was spending more money chasing it, chasing the dollars than what they actually got. Right. And it's likely that, that this, I mean, we're going to continue to see increased construction costs over time, but the idea that we're going to have 40%, I think that was a, a kind of a one-time event. Mm -hmm. We're just going to have to shrug our shoulders and admit that we probably missed out on some revenue. Right. Okay, Dan, I think we're okay. Really good so far, keep going with the positive numbers. <laughs> okay, and then we've got um, auto use tax. We basically said, okay, I kind of went along with how the clerk was looking at these things because we're looking at motor vehicle at 2% these fees here. And I'm saying, okay, at some point, there's only so many cars people can buy. So, again, we're, we're looking at a pretty conservative number, even though, like, what we're looking at right here is uh. Year, year to date, our percentage increase is basically January through September is 73%. Um, you know, and, it, and there is definitely some pent up demand out there. We can move this number up, I would say, for a while. But on the, on the flip side, you know, it's um, like a, it, I, I'm amazed at how many cars are being bought. And I know there's some great deals out there. It's just that I, I've never seen, you know, a 73% increase. And this is basically, we're looking at our 2019 numbers, and that's what we're uh, basically budgeting over is that and you know this is conservative but we'll see what happens to this yep okay okay um hutf um basically right there what we're looking at is year to date we got a percentage increase for january through august of about 25 percent use january through august plus an plus actual for from 2020 uh from september through december and the state estimate is about uh, 3.04 million, and I've got a, a 3.20 million number out there. I think we're in the ballpark. The other thing that's going to take place this year is, you know, we got Senate Bill 21260, and that's where um, we're, the county is getting about $286,000. We actually already got that $286,000, and it's kind of an interesting concept. What the state did is they're actually passing through some ARPA funds through HUTF, and then they're taking back. Um, um, uh, the, the faster money for a period of time, for over a two-year period of time. So they're paying us up front and basically taking back the faster funds and they're, 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 they're distributing this uh, um, ARPA money through HUTF. Now, I, I asked the question from the state, okay, since ARPA funds are federal funds, do we have to comply with any of the uniform guidance out there? And they said no. And I'm going, I question that. That's probably not the first time the state's done things like this. And then they get, they could potentially have a, well, what do you want to call it? An opportunity with this concept that they did, and then they might have to backfill us someplace out in the future if they get audited or something. But I, you know, I maybe they know something more about how they can change the color or the flavor of the money than I do. Um, but in any yeah. event, you know, we're we're actually, you know, there's an uptick in the economy and what have you, and their people are, you know, they're shipping stuff. And I think, you know, it, it's I think this is a pretty realistic number as far as like where we're going to be with. Uh, um, HUTF this year and then going into next year, and then the other part of that Senate bill. Um, 
21,260 is that they are anticipating that there is a, a there's going to be an increase, slight increase over, you know, into the future because of, you know, they have all the uh, ideas that are in there as far as like the electrical car usage and where they're going to be uh, taxing, say, Amazon for their deliveries and that kind of stuff. So having electrical cars should not um, impact us negatively, you know, because electric cars wouldn't be, you know, buying any gasoline or anything like that. And we'll, but they, I don't think they really know what the impact is because they haven't collected this tax yet. So it's, it's still kind of up in the air uh, as far as what we're going to collect when, when there's more prominence of electric cars and that kind of thing. We're just gonna have to take your word for that one, Dan. Okay. Yeah, it's I, I think it's pretty good. I mean, we're you know, we're still not up as high as we were before the pandemic, but it looks very realistic for where we were going into, you know, looking at next year and this year. And then clerk fees, um, you know, our average percentage increase March through se September is like 68%. There's still a lot of real estate transactions going on. Kind of I went along with the clerk's budget estimate and where that's where we're seeing a 10% increase. Now, again, I think it's still a very desirable place for people to live in as properties, you know, sell and that kind of thing. I think, we're, you know, we're still going to see some pretty, pretty, uh, well, let's put it this way, larger clerk fees that are out there. But I think this is a relatively reasonable increase in clerk fees that we look at. Oh, yeah, this, I didn't bring this up in the beginning, but like this, this revenue that we're looking at here represents about 86% of our total governmental revenue. So it's picking up a, a good chunk of what we're looking at here. And the rest is like, a lot has to do with the Department of Human Services and then grants of what flavor and stuff like that. So in various miscellaneous smaller fees. So we're, you know, we're picking up a good chunk here of what our revenues are. Um, question on uh, clerk fees? No. Nope. No. Okay. Treasure fees, um, what we did here is this is kind of a combination of two years because uh, we don't know exactly how much of property taxes are going to go up in any year and that's the biggest influence on treasure fees. So this is kind of a combination of, of last year's in increase and also, or 21s I should say, and then also an increase that's going into 2022. So we're looking at, um, you know, a 9% increase in assessed valuation out there. A lot of our, a lot of the property taxes are, are, are tied to tied to assess valuation anymore as opposed to TABOR. And so that's where I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that this is, you know, between the two years, looking at about a 6% increase for the two years combined, that's a pretty reasonable number. Treasure, anything on treasure fees? Hmm? No. Motor vehicle, can I describe that with the auto use tax? We're keeping it low with the, with the clerk's budget is thinking that that's, you know, at some point people are gonna stop buying cars and we'll be back down to where we were basically in 2019, something more, um, Realistic, but we don't know. Again, you know, I tried to ask her, I did try to ask, uh, and I find this kind of interesting, is that, you know, how many cars are in the county? Because I was thinking, like, yeah, if I can find out how many cars were, like, in 2019 versus 2022 or 2021 that we are right now, that could give us an indication of, you know, there's more cars. Well, the dry system, it does not provide that information, and she has a request in to figure out if they can actually produce that. Even though the data is in there someplace, they just don't have the ability to bring it out there right now. So it'd be another one of those indicators to say that, um, you know, we got more people in the county or something like that, but uh, couldn't, we couldn't obtain that right now. But I think this is again, pretty dang conservative number, given what, uh, you know, we're experiencing right now with the uh, number of cars that are being purchased. I mean, we're going back down to basically 2019 levels. And then, uh, E911, this was presented in the communications department budget. We're seeing that E911 rate increase from $1.25 to $1.72 or 38%. And we're right at 39%. There's a little bit of growth we're looking at in there, but very minimal. 
but we're looking at that $170,000. So I think, again, that's our, we already started collecting that. And so that's, that's a pretty, pretty good number to, to look at right there. Questions on E911? Dan, I don't know if you sat in on uh, the communications uh, presentation on their budget, mm -hmm. but I, I recall Carrie talking about there was this, you know, if we chose to, there was a way that we could locally increase that percentage. Um, do you recall that? Yeah, we've actually done that in the past. It's not a, um, it's a very, um, <laughs> I want to say it's a very time-consuming task, and it and then you go in front of the PUC, and then they take another, oh, I don't know, I think I remember it took like several months, like three three to five months after that, and they they ask a you know a whole lot of questions and stuff like that. We finally got it approved, but it, it does take a bit of, a bit of effort and presentation to go in front of the PUC to get the get get, get these changes made. But uh, I mean, I you know. Borrow the phrase: Is the juice worth the squeeze? I mean, if we're talking about raising another couple of hundred thousand dollars on an annual basis to yeah. some grievously underfunded, what I mean, we spend a couple million dollars on E nine right? Oh, easily, yeah. I mean, we could. It, it, it could be. It absolutely could be worthwhile. It just takes some time. I did ask Mo and Carrie to look into it, so. Just something for us to think about in the coming year, whether or not we should pursue that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, interest, interest. basically what I'm doing is dropping it down to 0.1%. Uh, That's what we've been running for the most part of this year. I had budgeted actually 0.25% and that's where you're seeing most of that decrease out there. Now, there is anticipated a rate increase by the end of 2022 with the feds and we'll see how that works out. Right now, I'm still being conservative at the 0.1%. And it's a significant, it's really, you know, we're not, why put the money in the bank almost, but we, we are getting a little bit, so. Um, that, we really are going down to 0.1%? Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, and, you know, it's interesting because, like, when we were in, uh, you know, the recession in 20, 2008 and 09, 10 and thereabouts, and then actually several years after that, you know, they fixed the rate at um, the 0.25. And that's what, you know, for most all intents and purposes, that's what we were getting even in like CSAFE and that kind of thing. And, but this time it's like, they're, they're letting it, um, I don't know exactly what the right terminology is, but it's like, the, it, it's dropped more than the two, you know, they're not, it's not sticking at that 0.25. It's we're, like right now, I think last month we got like 0.16% return on our, our, our funds for the, for the portfolio. Damn, I need to go borrow some money. That's yeah, amazing. yeah, it's a good time to borrow money too. Yeah, <laughs> and you need—I don't know where you put it exactly. You know, maybe real estate. I don't know. Spend it on horses. <laughs> yeah, horses. Yeah, there you go. Gamble. <laughs> okay. Um, anything else on interest? Nope, that's great. Okay. Um, severance tax, you know, I, okay, that one, basically what happened out there is, okay, so there, we got, in 2021, we received virtually, we received like $12,000 in severance tax. What happened out there is basically any kind of oil and gas money that was wiped out by the property tax credit that goes along with severance tax. And looking at the legislative council forecast, um, you know, basically anticipating severance tax to, uh, be similar to 2020. And so there were, therefore I'm using the number that we got in 2020 to represent severance tax. Now, 
again, I, I think I, you know, that's the best guess I got given the legislative council and that kind of thing. So I think that's a pretty reasonable number. Um, so anyhow, um, mineral lease, that's the only reason why I show mineral lease here is at one point in the history, it's uh, used to be quite a large number around 400, $500,000. Right now, the 20 mile mine is not mining through federal property, very small piece of federal property that they mine through apparently. And how this is impacting us is, is uh, basically decreased by about that $5,700. And that's offset by our pill payment. And that's part of the way, if we go down to the pill payment below there, um, we're looking at about $8,500 increase on that pill number, 5%. Uh, that's basically a, a two year combined number with the 20% uh, 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 decrease in the uh, mineral lease number. So again, I think that's a pretty reasonable bet that we're looking at there on that little bit of, I mean, the 5% increase isn't much, but I think that's a pretty good number there. So, so overall, we're looking at that 3.9, almost $4 million increase in, in revenues out there. And that's how uh, basically that, that graph was created given these estimates that we have here. We were, we were definitely a little more aggressive or uh, more realistic with our numbers in um, what we consider we only got about four months left in um, 2021. And we, I left those numbers up there to, uh, you know, collect a larger amount. And then I'm going to stop the share here. Any questions on this anymore? Yeah, Dan, I just have one. Sure. Is that still just getting funded annually? Is it nope. an annual? Did yeah. we, get, we didn't, we never got permanent. No, we never did. No, that's never happened yet where it's an ongoing concept. It's still... Uh, you know, every year it goes through the regular budget process and it, it, it's um, it's subject to, uh, what do you want to call it, a, a change in appropriation in, in any given year. And, um, but, it, you know, given, I would have to say, you know, it, it survived through several administrations and, you know, we're, and I think we're in, the, in an administration that would be, say that it would, I don't think they would cut it at least in the next, you know, three years or so. Oh, I agree. And my recollection is in past years, there, there were years where we only budgeted half of what we thought it would be. Is that about right? Well, where we did that is okay. Uh, two years ago, what we did is we, we felt that, it, you know, given the, where the administration was and that kind of thing, we felt that there, you know, at one point in time, we would be basically getting like 65% on the dollar. And then what we would do is we budget 100% in the current year or the, you know, say like 2022. And then going out in the future, we, we discount it by like 35% or that 65% is what we thought we'd collect. And then we've, and then basically because of, um, it, you know, wasn't given the prior administration and then this administration, you know, it wasn't touched. So at that point we felt that there was less risk with that number. And so we just moved it forward. Well, I, I agree. I think it's, as safe as it can be at this point. Yeah. Okay. I think we're ready. And then you're going to fix this, that spreadsheet. Yeah, I'll fix the math on that. Yeah, that's my mistake. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. The 3.9 is accurate. Yeah, 3.9 is accurate. Mm -hmm. And then let's see. So hmm. let me show you real quick. I only have a few, I only got a minute, but I'll show you this. Uh, Here's where, our, uh, let me make it a little bigger. Oh, wrong one. There we go. That's good. Is that pretty good? Yeah, okay. 
So this is our committed capital reserve out here. And here we are in 2021. These are some pretty realistic numbers, I, I believe, as far as building uh, severance tax. You know, we got basically none because it's under the $45,000 that we, we collected 12. And we were it, it has to be over 45000 before we get a number that shows up in our committed capital reserve. Um, and then we, oops, then we have uh, the building use tax. So this is basically the amount above the 235,000 that we said was hold harmless. And that's based on those numbers that we were looking at right now. We're looking at about a $1.1 million transfer from the uh, health insurance. I misspelled that insurance number, but um, from the health insurance pool. And then we got, we were talking before, we got that $500,000 from uh, the transfer from human services. We're gonna uh, basically uh, move the collateral as far as having a cash reserve from a, uh, with, the, with next year's budget or with this budget this year uh, resolution, we'll change that from a, uh, cash reserve to a building reserve and free up about 1.1 million in, in cable reserve. Here's our 2 million that we think we're still gonna spend this year. And then we had favorable budget variances from whether it was uh, um, revenues that we were just talking about now, personnel or operations, we were able to push about $7 million into, the, into this capital reserve. And then that brings us to about a $13 million reserve overall. And then we still have, um, we're thinking that we're still gonna get this 306, basically from uh, the severance tax next year. A million three five six million three 1.3 million we'll say that and a six hundred dollar uh six hundred thousand dollar gold gold grant and spend and then we'll deplete it basically 12.1 million to remain you know basically that's our 14.1 million and we still have about 3.2 million dollars sitting in that committed capital reserve so there is a possibility you know when it comes to we were trying to find um some money for child care and that kind of thing so there's potentially some money for child care given you know, our revenue estimates uh, are, are true, to, true, true to what we're talking about out there in 2022. Jesus, Redmond, you had a good year in your first year. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. Well, who knows? We're going to find out yet, right? Yes. Yeah. So, um, well, I think Commissioner Redmond can uh, plausibly say to his constituents that since I've been elected, our financial fortunes have dramatically improved. And it wouldn't be a lie. <laughs> it wouldn't be a lie. We should, well, does that mean we should go to Vegas? I'm going to go back to that. Um, the out loud. And I'll, because we got a department manager meeting, I think, starting right now, but I just wanted to share that graph again, real quick. And, so, Dan, Dan yeah. I, I hate to even say this out loud, but. Uh, and even after all the admonitions I've given to the HHS building team, if for some reason uh, next week we find out that our project went from $14.1 million to $14.5 million, I mean, we could do it. Yeah. Given our estimates that we've got right now, I think, you know, most of this number is coming out of that committed capital reserve is coming out of 2021 numbers and that kind of thing. So I think we got a very strong chance of, yeah, if it went up again, so. Okay, thank you. But the only, you know, like the rest of the stuff, you know, I just, go, I'm going down to this blue area again. So, you know, we do have the dental. Um, we talked about this here a little bit. We talked uh, health insurance, like we talked about yesterday or the day before that, you know, with the UC out idea, we wouldn't see an increase in health insurance. Dental, this is basically the 50-50 uh, idea that, you know, the county would fund 50%, employee would fund uh, 50%, and then 
this represents about 88% of that number because this is governmental versus the business side or the YVRA building department and that kind of thing. And then this um, retirement, uh, basically that number there is, um, if we were to start the retirement uh, contribution starting at, at day one when the person is employed as opposed to um, doing it after a year. So that's, that's consideration too. And then we have um, the short-term disability Again, that's what we saw yesterday at basically 88% for governmental versus business. And then I think, you know, we just, we got discussion next week on that. Cap insurance, this is a really large increase. This is what they, they're still not settled on this number, casualty and property insurance. Um, and then uh, they, they basically, um, you know, they, they said it's just a really another, a, a bad, uh, when they're looking at their stop loss carrier, they're, they're saying it's a really bad year for that. And I don't know exactly overall, they didn't present anything other than they said it's a bad year. So we need to kind of find out what's going on there. And it may be something that we want to look at as far as uh, looking at an RFP again, because, you know, like this is CTSI and how we got out of basically when we got out of um, the health insurance pool with CTSI, you know, we, we you know, we, we don't, it's not like a true um, partially self-insured plan that we're looking at there where we get to keep that money. They keep, they basically, how that's written is they, the, the CTSI would keep that money, but then it might be something that we look to in the future so that, if, you know, as we, if we do, a, we have a good claim year or what have you, we get to keep that, that money that, you know, the, that we're putting into the plan as opposed to say CTSI keeping it or what have you out there. Um, and as yeah. I, hmm. uh, Back to the uh, retirement, yeah. uh, that $44,000 that provides for a hundred percent vesting for day one for all new employees. Yeah, it's not going uh, historically backward. It'd just be, you know, like if we had people like last year or 2021 or something like that, it would just be prospectively going forward where they'd be 100% vested on day one. Is that uh, $44,000, is that uh, recognizing a potential 10% salary increase based upon the salary survey? You know, it's um, it's kind of hard to, okay, what I did is uh, kind of like a, a history for the last three years. Um, and what I did there, it really depends on how many new people we hire in any given year. And that has probably more influence than the 10%. Okay. Yeah. It's a plug number. I get it. Yeah. It's, it's an estimate and really it, it depends on how many new people we hire and that kind of thing. So, but that's well, our, current, our current rate, uh, that number could be zero. So, um, well, you know, we're going to have turnover, right? And, and if we have turnover and hire a new person or something like that, that would mean that that, that new person would have. As, as compared to the old plan, you know, they wouldn't get a, a, a contract. There wouldn't be a contribution to them in the first year. But if we did, did this plan, they would get a contribution in this year, even though that's it's not a new person. It's just a replacement of a person. I get that. We're just having a lot of struggle hiring anybody right at the moment. So. Oh, you mean, OK, even from that? Yes. OK, I agree. <laughs> yeah, we may not. So and then we're going to talk uh, short term disability next year. We've got cap. OK, and the sheriff, basically this um, uh, four percent increase there, that was you know, and, and you know, this is a that was a three-year plan where we basically would be increasing the uh, the sheriff's uh, motor pool mileage uh, by four cents to uh, cover the cost of the vehicles that you know going from basically a, a pickup truck that we were looking at to a, a Tahoe, which is a substantially a substantial increase in cost. And this would be the last year that we do this thing for this sheriff fees out there. And so that was about seventeen thousand five hundred. Um. So this, this should set you up a little bit for going into next week's budget uh, work sessions and that kind of thing. So you know where you're at. 
Um, questions? Yeah, Dan, uh, below the sheriff mileage, $17,500, there's another line item that we can't quite see. ARPA? ARPA. Oh. That's what I talk. We don't have ARPA in this thing. Okay. But that'd be whatever we do there, that would be a wash. So what goes in goes out, it, 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 you know, and we can still do, depending on when we decide on that, um, you know, we can still do a um, um, supplemental budget for that, however you want to do that. If we know what we're, what we're getting ourselves into by the, you know, before we need to cut off what changes for 2022, we can put something in there. Yep. Yep. So, Going into next week, you, I think you got you got a pretty good big picture of what you're looking at, and um, hopefully that helps you out with the uh, your decisions as far as what to uh, approve, deny, or push, or what have you out there with your uh, with your 22 budget. So this graph that we're looking at uh, does include uh, the additional revenues that you've identified. It also includes the 10% increase, uh, expected increase for salary compensation. Yep. This, yeah, that's right there. Does not include any new FTEs. It does include um, all those that were requested when you, when you, when um, Kathy or when HR presented those, uh, that FTE change sheet. So it does include all of those um, FTEs. So like for environmental health, building planning, um, uh, the uh, basically accounting department ongoing, uh, making those those positions ongoing and the overtime over ongoing, that kind of thing. It does include the uh, PIO position and the grant administrator position. Those have already been approved, but that includes all those FTEs that were presented to you. Including code enforcement? Code enforcement has the building, the building and plant one, and it also has the environmental health position. Thank you. So, yeah. And the SRO. Yes, it has Yeah, sheriff's office as far as their uh, community resource officer or school resource officer, I should say. Yes. So uh, next week, um, obviously it's extremely unlikely that we'll be including any additional um, FTEs. So, you know, it's more likely that we'll be removing FTEs so this, our decisions next week, for the most part, can only make this graph better. look better. Correct. I mean, there is, I, well, I understand that there was, uh, um, I believe there's something, 30 some thousand dollars for the uh, South Rock Community Center that's not in here right now, but it's not gonna impact this budget hardly at all, so. Tuck that in last night. <laughs> yeah, that's all good. I mean, we, you know, it's not a big change, I mean, yeah, it will we'll get we'll get that in there and you know it's not gonna change these numbers virtually. I mean you can see, you know, like even when you know we're still looking at um you know almost well four point eight million here in the road and bridge fund, and that's where this stuff is kind of like ending up after it balances for right now. Um, so uh uh again we'll talk about this in more depth next week, but channeling my old friend uh Carrie Hermasinski. Uh, when, when we used to talk, she was very focused on the fact that we should never be adding FTEs that cost more than what we realize in terms of growth, in terms of revenues. Does that ring a bell with you, Dan? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. 
Um, I would, you know, like, okay, well, you know, when I look at that, you know, it was like she would look at property, she was only looking at property tax, okay, and, and that was where I have to say is that, you know, we can't look just at property tax, we have to look at, you know, but, you know, our two biggest revenues are property tax and, and sales tax, and then, you know, just what we saw, we saw, you know, a little over 5% with uh, um, property tax, and we're looking at 15% with um sales tax. And then the rest of them are, you know, for the most part are pretty darn conservative numbers. And then we have the one number that's, you know, building use tax that we're saying, okay, there's going to be a very strong year next year, but most of that number is going to go to the, go to uh, the uh, committed capital reserve. So it's not really impacting um, what we're looking at here is ongoing operations as far as that building use tax number. But I would say our, our, you know, between sales tax and property tax, those numbers are very, I think, you know, we're not, we have very very little downside risk on property tax because of, you know, we're under Tabor. That's a very collectible number. Uh, we'll probably see, uh, you know, we, we, we budget only like a 0.4% uh, uncollectible amount. So we're going to see almost virtually all of that. And then as far as sales tax, again, I would say that, um, you know, we're looking at a 15% increase. Our average for the last, uh, for from 2011 to 2020 was 7%. And I think, um, you know, again, it's, I think there's still, we don't know what we're getting ourselves into this pandemic, but there could be, um, a, 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 there could still be a potential of some very good upside, upside numbers along with that going into next year, given the, what we're looking at with the airport and just the attractiveness of this community. So, uh, I understand your explanation and, and what I'm hearing from you, I think, is that uh, increases in property tax, that's sustainable. And you kind of feel like increases in sales tax is almost as sustainable as those increases in property tax. Yeah, for right now, I think it's a pretty concern, given what we're seeing for, you know, like I said, we're, you know, for March through August, we're like at a 50% increase year, year to date, we're at 34% and we're budgeting 15. So, um, so I guess, I guess I would be interested to know, and maybe we'll see that when you do your presentation next week, is whatever that total FTE additional count, I can't remember, eight, nine, 10, whatever it is, the, will the cost, the additional cost of those additional FTEs be covered by the increased property tax revenue? Oh yeah. And, and increased sales tax revenue. Yep, easily. We're not okay. talking, we're talking about a half million you know, between uh, sales tax and property tax, it, what are we talking? We're talking quite a bit here. We're, um, hold on here. Where am I at? Mm, okay. The two increases that we got right there, let's see, we're talking about almost a million one between property tax and specific ownership tax. The increases that we were looking at on FTEs is only about a half million. Okay. And by the way, I usually I haven't been for the last several years included in those budget presentations uh, that you're going to be doing. So you know, it'll be Kendra and then um, you, uh, county manager and, and what have you out there. And then you you know, you got questions, ask questions, and we'll try to. If it does, you can't find the answer. We'll either ask department head or, or, or ourselves, and we'll get the answer for you. Hey Dan, quick question: What's our approach as we budget expected revenues from grants? Is it upon the official award? Or do we look at, you know, like say the grant that we the board just approved to put in for body cans? 
yesterday's or the day before is almost an automatic disbursement. Um, how do you budget those? Do you do a supplemental? It, it, it depends on the, um, so, you know, like if we look at like, uh, you know, YVRA or say Department of Human Services, those are pretty, you know, they're, they're going to happen for the most part. They may be slightly different than what, you know, the dollar amount or something like that, but they're going to be very close to what we're going to be looking at. Some of the ones that, so like when we looked at, um, when we were talking about the capital, when we looked at the capital budget out there, um, th there was a, a couple, you know, with, with the um, energy, energy study and the solar panels and stuff like that, we did not put a grant in there for those. We're still trying to get some number from, uh, you know, like uh, uh, Caroline is looking at that kind of thing to see whether or not there's a, uh, an amount to be included in there. And then what we did do with the, um, um the fence railing at the fair what we looked at is we included um the lottery funds and then we said that you know there's a pretty high probability that we could probably get a uh um um a lottery fund grant for the remainder of that next year to cover the rest of that fence and we'll just see and then and then we also discussed you know like if we don't if it doesn't come to fruition those projects don't go ahead unless we have there's some discussion with the board and you know whether or not we think we're going to get a grant or that we need to go ahead with that project in any event without the grant. So those are you know they're going to be contingent upon getting grant funds and then your the board's approval as far as do we go forward with those. So just in summary, we budget for those that we know we're getting and then look at an adjustment later if we bring it in during the year. Yeah, if we have a, it's, it depends on you know like how real you know what's our probability of getting that grant and stuff like that. So like I put in the. 600,000 on the HHS building. That's, you know, it seemed like when we were talking to Greg Winkler out there, it seemed like that was a pretty high probability. So we put that one in. Okay, that was my next question. Hey, Dan, uh, I'd, I'd like to reprise just a little bit of the conversation you and I had earlier today about the fair. And it was something that I, I guess I was ignorant of, but uh, if for the benefit of Commissioner Redmond, uh, here, the Talk about the part about how we don't uh, uh, set aside money for mm. infrastructure out there like we do for everything else in the county. Yeah, that okay. How okay? That goes back to prior boards actually quite a ways back. I'd say like 10, 15, probably 15 years ago, something like that. And there was a decision made by the board to say that okay, we're only going to use whatever lottery funds we have uh, for the most part is going to is what we're going to use for the replacement repair major repairs that kind of thing at the fair and then we asked at that time do you want us to put in a a replacement plan for various pieces of uh, uh fair infrastructure and stuff like that and that was never that was said no we don't want to do that and we have never done that now i have to say that i've asked um noel and joe to um make an inventory of what needs to be fixed out there and stuff like that what needs to be replaced so that we could develop a plan uh, uh, as far as like, so there is, there's a means that we're setting aside money like we do every place else in the county and that it's, you know, and then, you know, we wouldn't be behind the eight ball on say like with the, um, with the fence railing, you know, that's basically we're calling that addition because we haven't set aside any money for the replacement of that. And so we're trying, you know, if that's where the board wants to go, we'll at least have, we'll have a presentation to say, okay, this is what we see as far as, um, items to be major repairs, major uh, replacements of, 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 of buildings or what have you out there. And then you can kind of, we can kind of say, okay, what is that going to cost us on an annual basis? And then how fast can we 
um, maybe do some of those repairs out there because it's my understanding right now, or at least um, from what I've heard anyhow, is that there's quite a there's quite a few things that need to be replaced and um, significant repairs that are out there. So that's coming your way. And I think Joe and Noel, they were they did something two days ago to get to get the start on that list. And there's a there'll be a presentation coming your way on that. So when we talk about buildings uh, on the rest of the county's property, we don't actually schedule the replacement of buildings. We simply re uh, schedule the replacement of roofs. Yeah. Uh, Roof, yeah, like roofs, heating systems, tiles, bath, you know, like cart flooring, that kind of thing. And then like bathrooms and that kind of stuff, because they were periodically those need to be replaced too. So and parking lots, we were, you know, either seal coat or at some point in time, we're, we're, we're saying we're going to replace the whole parking lot or roto mill it at least. So, okay. But yeah, we don't replace the whole building. Windows, we replace windows, that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Can I ask you why the previous county commissioners chose not to put a replacement program in place? Um, it had a lot to do with how much the fare was costing the county. And, um, I, you know, basically that's the big picture out there. It was costing them more than they wanted to put in there. So they put a cap on it. Uh, it, it had to be, it had to be funded by lottery funds or a grant something that was, you know, not going to be counting money. And, and then Dan, on those lottery funds, in essence, that's like entitlement funding. Is it not? In time. Well, we get, we get about $85,000 a year. And it is, you know, basically, you know, that's the only park and recreation thing we have in the county, other than if we wanted to go outside of the county and fund some other park and recreation thing that we don't do. And then do we, I mean, we use that $85,000 per year uh, in order to keep up with some of the uh, capital replacements, right? Yeah, well, well, sometimes. I mean, a lot of times what we've done is we actually, you know, I'd have to say for the last, for quite some time, we've done improvements with it. We haven't really done very many uh, uh, infrastructure replacements and that kind of thing. Most of it's been done, you know, most of it's gone to uh, some kind of improvement where it's RV park or, uh, you know, the multi-purpose building or what have you out there. So that's one thing we could choose to do would be to just say, hey, we're not doing any new additions out there. We're gonna repurpose this 85,000 a year to a replacement pool. Yeah, I think, or, or, or those projects that are going to be replaced and then look at grant funds and then whether or not you want to, you know, uh, add additional funding from county dollars and, 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 and you know, move some of those things forward. When you, I, talk, you talk about grant funds out at the fair, are you talking about something that's in addition to that $85,000 a year? Yeah, it would be, it'd still be GOCO grants, that kind of thing that, that, you know, that we've been pretty successful at getting there. Um, and then the other one would be, you know, potentially, uh, you know, DOLA would be another option that, but, you know, I don't, you know, you want to make sure how you want to use those DOLA funds and that kind of thing. You can use the lottery funds to match GOCO funds. Okay. For the grant side. So that's kind of the model that most communities which, use for upgrades. Which would explain why we haven't reserved that money for uh, capital replacements. It's too attractive to match it. You match it and you try to leverage it. Okay. And, and there are your hands. Yeah. And there are restrictions on how you use the lottery funds and you've got an mm -hmm. annual report and send it in. And they loosen those up after the last recession. 
because you used to not be able to use it for maintenance. Hmm. Um, and so that, Dan, is that correct? They're a little looser yep. and have. Yeah, they are. Yeah, absolutely. The few benefits of the last um, recession. Recession for you know communities which were having maintenance issues keeping stuff up. So now you can. They're a little little easier to use than in the past. But we would be foregoing the opportunity to use that money as matching funds for other grants. Okay, that's that's good to understand. It, it gives you a cushion if you have a downturn and you want to keep your maintenance staff going. Yeah. Yes. All right. Any other? Questions for Dan? Dan, do you have any other comments? I don't think so. Um, hopefully, this gave you a good big picture of what you know how to how to look at uh, the individual budget requests and what have you out there. I'm in much better shape now than I was before. It's all it's all you, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we need to go to Vegas. <laughs> all right, thanks, Dan. All right, thanks. You guys have a good rest of your day. You too. Midas touch. <laughs>